When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. everybody and welcome to red wings rant where tirades and impassion please for your detroit red wings finally have a home and mike finally alex to break it has come home as well um when did that happen did that happen sunday night i think that was a sunday night thing right yeah i don't know if i'm still muted no no i unmuted you this time i did everything right i i unmuted you before we even started, so you you were good to talk that whole time. We got him. <clears throat> we got the guy who wanted to come home. Yes. Uh, Jared, very upset, I'm guessing, that we started 30 seconds late today. Apologize, Jared. Littering? Does he mean loitering? Littering and... Littering and... Derek and I, I don't know. I hope we find out some news about the wings. Uh, you know, I have to do some digging here. <laughs> Derek, of course, asking, I haven't had a chance to uh, follow the wings in over weeks. Anything important happen? Craig, what's going on, Craig? Chewy's Chewy. aboard. Chewy. Mr. Mr. Road Trip himself. What's up, Chewy? <laughs> um, yeah, so I listened to last week's episode before we started today. Yeah. And we spent the entire time last week saying, yeah, these signings are fine. All the free agent signings. Fisher sprung. I almost threw in cop in there just because that one's also a fart, wet fart. Uh, JT Comfer, you got Gostasperi, you got Justin Hall. There's nothing that you were like game changer. And we kept saying, when are we going to see the game changer show up? Well, Mike, Nate Danielson signed his three year entry level coach. Oh, wait. Um, yeah, we'll t- we'll get this one out of the way. Nate Danielson signed his three-year uh, ELC. Do they do they have to Photoshop that smile onto him? Or I, you should go watch the Nintendo sixty-four videos on Twitter. I know, I know you're kidding, and you don't really mean it, but those are some. That is top-notch pro sports team social media. Uh, watching Nate Danielson try and play. Uh, I think last week it was. Um, was that was that Wayne Gretzky hockey? I forget what that was called, but that was my first 
Nintendo 64 <laughs> hockey game. And then uh, today they dropped the uh, Mario Kart, but uh, it's good fun. I like watching Ooh. it. Yeah, must see TV. Um, yeah, Jared throwing out there. Bait and fish, or wait, bait and switch, right? Not the bait and, and fish is what I'd like to do uh, every Saturday morning. <laughs> All right. Am I, did I, I got it? you, Matt. You're That's using a bait. different bait. Yeah. <laughs> Jared saying that uh, Nate Danielson looks like he's signing mortgage paperwork. Um, yeah. I it, no. He looks like a a kindly young man. <laughs> Very happy to say. Look, it, it's it's uh, the, the point of me bringing us up. Number one, it happened. Number two, uh, I think I think it's a. Uh, this is a celebratory episode, but it is fun to to rag this guy for not being excited to be a Red Wing. I'm sorry, man. Like yeah, he does, the, he does look guy... like he's signing his contract to start working at McDonald's. And uh, I don't know if you saw line 26, but you do get 10 percent off on days where you're working. Oh, pretty, pretty cool. Pretty <laughs> cool. Do you think they have like an NHL shop? Like, is there a, there's a Detroit Red Wing code, right? Then there's the yeah. family code, and then there's, like, the extended family code, and it's just 10% off. Um, I brought yeah. this up because I thought at least there's some news to this because uh, you don't have to sign these guys out the get, like, out of the gate. Yeah. So it's pretty good news, actually. Let's, let's get the <laughs> ball rolling on Nate. <laughs> Jared says the hat looks like it's from McDonald's. Actually, I can't tell. Oh, it does kind of look like a layered Burger King, like a Whopper. You know, they have the Whopper in the in the logo. It does kind of look like a little Whopper. Well, you know why it looks like a McDonald's hat? Why is it? Because you got to make you got to make thousands of them, and they got to be cheap as hell. So there let's, you go. Let's try not to roast him the entire episode. We do have some good news to go over, Matt. Well, I was roasting fanatics. God damn it, I hate fanatics. All right, I did want to call out Curtis. Hi, guys. I've had this theme song stuck in my head for two days. I'm the cat man. Skeebie-deebie-dibba-dow-yo-da-dub-dub. Yo-da-dub-dub. Anybody? I was going to let you take that one because I wasn't sure if it was like the Eggman. Like, I am the cat man. Curtis, did you just make up that song? You've just been humming that one? um oh yeah what are they gonna play what dorky song are they gonna play when he scores a goal at little caesars is it gonna be cats in the cradle is it gonna be something from the musical cats oh so i guess yeah oh i guess we'll go we'll just skate past nate danielson's big signing and yeah we also traded for alex to uh dan beat uh, you know what i'm pulling the slides damn it we're saying hi to everybody uh Dan B thrown out there. NHL 94 on Sega was his first. It's beautiful. I think uh, actually NHL 94 on Sega was our first hockey game. Wayne Gretzky was my first 64 hockey game. Um, But yeah, I think we started with 94 too. Um, Where were we? Who else is here? Blake, what's going up? Going on. Show it. Show it. Uh, Curtis says, you know us Wings fans are feeling good about the team. Well, this is how the show starts. Fishing talk, making fun of our draft pick signing. <laughs> the emotional highs are back. Also, Dan That's thrown right. in a do you want fries with that? Um, it is it is a great day, ladies and gentlemen. And and I think uh, today what we want to talk about 
is uh, some lines because we all know what happened. Alex Debrinkit got traded over. Uh, you can see on the J Fresh player card, already been updated with the uh, 7.9 by four years. So let's talk about that first. Let's get into some of the details because Debrinkit's over. Yeah. What else is there to talk about? Here's the details. Mike, this contract is insanely good. This is all, all of your worst fears. Uh, and all the conversations we had last week, I, I mentioned I listened to last week's episode and we just kept saying like, yeah, these signings are fine, but where's the big bopper? And we got the big bopper. And then we got into the conversation of $10 million players. Well, guess what, Mike? We still don't have a $10 million player. So we still have room for Jack Eichel. Um, Matthew, <laughs> so to speak. I know um, I'm, I'm a monster. But um, we don't want to get into that conversation again. But this is everything. Like when we're going through the the J Fresh player cards and anybody that we've been like sort of targeting, it's the finishing, it's the power play. And Alex DeBrinket is in the top 10% in the league. The even strength offense is there. The goal per 60 is there. He's a safe player with, uh, or I should say a responsible player, top 3% in the league and, and penalties. And uh, his teammates have been good top 94 percent um no, so you gotta pair him with some good team yeah does that remind you a little bit of dead who he said was his hero growing up he's going for that lady bing award man huh uh, did he did he say that was his hero or did he was he asked who was his favorite player to watch on the red wings and he picked pebble we're gonna say his hero was pebble dance was that a was that an art question i can't remember it was a uh, it was a fluff question um no, that's 7.9 over four years, Matt. I, we talked so much about it in the last episode, how frustrated we are with Iserman, like trying to win trades. Um, but Iserman obviously ignored us and was patient and waited and won another trade. And then he won the contract negotiations uh, by getting this guy under market value. Um, I believe the estimated deal was like 8.5. Um, mm-hmm. And for Steve to get him under 8. Uh, is a miracle um, for a guy who's already proven he could be a 40 goal scorer and he's 25 years old, Matt. He's still technically two years from his prime. Um, So, I mean, a lot of positive things to be excited about. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about the contract and the trade in the same breath, because that was, uh, that was a hell of a swindle, Matt. I I was texting you about it and uh, I don't think I've even heard of that kind of, like draft protection in the NBA and the NBA is awesome at bullshit. <laughs> right. So when you texted me and said, yeah, we had, we did have to give up rubies, uh, Kubi rubies. We did have to give up a fourth. We had to give up Sabrango who it was going to be really tough for him to make this team. <clears throat> and at first my concern was, Oh God, uh, what kind of first round protect, like top 10 protected. And you said, no, Steve's just going to pick which one he doesn't want to give up next year. <laughs> And I've never heard of that before. I've I've heard of protection, like, you know, one through 10 on picks, one through five, you know, lottery protection. I've never heard of the GM's just going to decide based on who, uh, which team is worse, he's going to give up that pick next year. That's that's wild to me. Um, so bravo to Eiserman for being patient and inventing a new way to trade picks. So the only, the, the big asterisk on here is that br- the <laughs> Boston's pick 
was top 10 protected. Um, you know, when Boston traded it over. So it is, if it lands in the top 10, Boston can be like, we're keeping this. Uh, but in the event that that doesn't happen, which is pretty good, Steve just gets to pick, you know, which which pick he'd like to send over. Awesome. I, I joked I joked around with Max Boltman, and I said, I, I was ready for you to type up that Steve could just decide to keep the first. The way that this whole thing was, was rolling itself down, it just... Ah, oh, it it really, you know, when I went back and listened to last week's episode and we were we were very hard on Mr. Eiserman. And and you know what? For the things we talked about, there's still there's still potentially issues. And for the same reason we called them out. The Andrew Cop contract last year, the Benchurat contract, the Comfort contracts, not we we talk about a lot of flexibility in the Debrinket contract. Not a lot of flexibility in those. I uh, can't imagine people are going to be kicking down doors to take those contracts off your hands. So you're stuck with those. And, um, you know, we've always made the, this is a celebratory episode, but just to kind of hammer down that point, like we've always made the point overpay your superstars and underpay your middle six, bottom six. So like find a way to do that. Like find those, find the value there. Yeah. Um, and Steve did the exact opposite. And that's, that's that says two things one how we kind of lost some free agency uh i was gonna say conversations negotiations there we go uh we, we lose the unrestricted free agent conversations but steve for sure made the right move to bring over a guy who didn't have the same unrestricted leverage that those guys did because steve destroyed in that in that negotiation. Think about when we used to talk about Bertuzzi's restricted free agent contract negotiations and Steve would just absolutely roll over Bertuzzi. Um, I, I have a feeling that, you know, the, the comfort, the cop contracts we've talked about are issues for when we're trying to re-sign Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider coming up. We might not have anything to worry about <laughs> to be honest. Um, those contracts might might become the ultimate bargain is what we're going to see in the next go around, which does mean eventually you're going to have to pay those boys a ton if they become super duper stars. But um, maybe that's yeah. just that's just a problem down the road. But anyway, what we're seeing, I would say, is when there's an R in front of the FA, Steve Eisman's going to win that negotiation. And he's just going to get absolutely steamrolled in those unrestricted free agent conversations. Isn't that yeah, wild? Like, if he ends up, yeah, if he ends up negotiating with Austin Matthews, he's going to be asking Gary Bettman to increase the cap ceiling. <laughs> I got to say, I got, man, I can't think of another team that had to manage the cap that way where they picked up like fringe depth um at 20 20 to 25% over market value and then shrewdly negotiated every single superstar contract on their team it's wild Matt. <laughs> it's crazy like larkin uh, under market value uh to it under market value like you said it'll probably happen to poor lucas and mo they'll get seduced by this jedi mind trick um and you know we got these 5 year 5 million dollar deals for guys who uh, might end up being the 10th or 12th or 15th best player on the team. Now, um, I did, uh, there was somebody who put it out there, the, uh, sorry, that we ended up, oh yeah, Ken Young here. Bottom line, 
All we really gave up was a first. Now, I am going to miss the Kubi rubies. Dan B threw out there. Don't want to be a downer, but if Kubalik has 30 rubies and Cat only scores 25 to 30, will, will we be as happy? No, we will not be as happy. But the likelihood of that happening, you know, you would say there, there's a very strong likelihood that <laughs> Alex Debrinkit is going to outscore Kubalik. And that's what that's what you're moving those guys for. That's why one is is okay for Steve to to drop like a bag of rocks, but you also had to give Ottawa something. And, um, you know, save for a few notes there where, and we talked about this last season, save for a few notes where Kubelik was on like a hot streak. Man, does he disappear? Holy mackerel. Um, so that's what you're kind of hoping for is a little bit more consistency, which, Mike, this is the last three seasons. All goal scorers. Across the NHL, Alex Debrinkit is 12th in the league, bringing in 100 goals, uh, going from uh, the 2020-2021 season to, you know, on through to the 2022-23 season. 100 goals, 62 uh, primary six uh, assists, 38 secondary assists, 200 points. Uh, this coming from... Um, Oh my gosh! What the hell is it called? Evolving hockey. I'm th I'm, I'm looking at this. I wonder if did I do even strength here? Anyway, uh, even strength total, whatever. Top twelve is incredible. You have a top twelve goal scorer on your team, Mike. This is huge. Yeah. This is what you traded for. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, pretty excited about this too. Because um, it it seems it seems like he wasn't super excited to be in Ottawa. Um, and I'm I'm pretty excited to see what he looks like playing in a city that he's he's happy to be in, you know, with like family, that extra motivation. And I was Steve to, like kind of noted on that a little bit in the press conferences, um, you know, about talking uh, the value of bringing in guys who have hometown ties. Um, and then he's going to be playing with Dylan Larkin. Um, and, you know, apologies to some folks who've been on this line, uh, you know, Bertuzzi, Raymond. Um, this is probably the best line mate he's ever had. So I'm pretty excited to see what their point total looks like at the uh, end of the season. It, uh, barring injuries should be pretty lofty. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Larkin set a new career high for points. Uh, Curtis thrown out there. I really felt my age 35 when Catman said he only kind of remembered the O2 championship team. <laughs> Jared throws out there, makes your backache a little bit more. I um, you know what? What's funny? I I still agree with Debrinket. Not in like a, I I remember the O2 championship, but uh, Curtis, you and I are neck and neck there on uh, the age. But um, I still have more love for the O8 team. Felt like O2, like that was special, and we get to own that as Red Wings fans. But there's something about that 08 team that I feel more ownership to. And I know that's not necessarily what the cat was talking about, but I was like answering like which which championship team, you know, do you do you do you lean towards more? And then cat just throws it out there, of course. But yeah, I, I was kind of I'm kind of I'm kind of right there. And again, I'm kind of going <laughs> off topic here, but uh, here's a uh, topic. Uh, Blake, he's cooking right now. Blake is cooking, and he's uh, he's predicting Zadina pops for forty goals, and the cat gets seventeen. Woo! 
<laughs> Blake, uh, I, I thought you were going to jump on this one. Uh, Berggren, Valeno, and Sprong, uh, Sprong would uh, uh, crush. Well, Mike, we have some lineups to talk Ooh, about. You are jumping into that. Blake. I know we're going to get into it. Uh oh. <laughs> Whoops. Matt. Threw, in, threw it a Nylander one there. On to, accident. Yeah, you weren't supposed to look at that. <laughs> um, well, here's here's the cap friendly depth chart, right? Debrinket Larkin, David Perron. That was like the default whatever. I, I don't know. Filling out of this depth chart. Um, Robbie Fabley, uh, Fab, Fab <laughs> Robbie Fabry, JT Comfer, Lucas Raymond, line two. Woof. Michael Rasmussen, Andrew Kopp, Christian Fisher, line three. Uh Hmm. <laughs> Clint Costin, Joe, uh, Joe Valeno, Daniel Sprong, line four. Okay, so here's here's the thing. We could do a lot better than that, right? We could do better than that. Ooh, Matt, I love when you get these together for us. These are beautiful. Now, going back to what Cab Friendly threw out there, let's just pretend David Perron is the best answer. But I do want to come back to a conversation we had last week. Mike? Does a playoff team have David Perron on their first line? Uh, not in the year 2023. Thank you. Yes. Got Dave, one. Yes. David Perron is wonderful. I'm so question. happy he's on yes. our team. Do we love him? Yes. Uh, is he a valuable part of a winning hockey team? Yes. Should he be a first line? No. Oh, yes. Three for three. Right. Good job. All right. <laughs> Man, we were cooking. So the rest of the shakes out. I, I did move cop down to the third line, just my own little dig there, but I brought uh, Rasmussen up to the second line. Lucas Raymond is on the second line. Uh, Sprong. I brought up to the third line with cop. I'd let cop protect Daniel Sprong and his apparent inability to play any defense and Berggren, who shows a pretty good two way um, side to his game. Uh, so you've got your playmaker. You've got, you're on, on the third line, I guess, is what we're talking. Then you've got your man that can potentially go both ways. We've been told that, right? Despite Andrew Kopp's analytics. And then uh, and then Daniel Sprong. You, you could actually do some pretty good damage with this third line. It could Matt, give up a lot of damage, too. But yeah. do some pretty good damage there. Real quick, while it's fresh on my mind, does anyone mm -hmm. else look at Sprong and think, and a round thing in your face, you get Sprong. Want to pull up tough because you know some bubble oh stuff. <laughs> the jeans she's wearing. <laughs> I really hope they play the Sir Mix-a-Lot every time he gets a goal. That would really make my oh, life. My face just turned beet red. Um... <laughs> oh, I did want to throw out there, Chewy, he went to the 08 parade. We were there too. Blake went to yeah. the 97 parade. I uh I think I was I must have been in school because I remember seeing uh our dad and uncle coming home from that and just gushing about it, but we weren't allowed to yeah, go. Yeah, we weren't invited. Um, I did go to the 08 one. That's when I lied about having a calcified plaque on my teeth so that I could go. Oh, um, nice! That's a great lie. Yeah, I thought so. My uh, boss didn't believe me when I got back though. Um, Dan B throws out there. I think Gossip Bear will be a sneaky good pickup, especially on the pee pee. Um, I agree, Dan. I think that's uh that's definitely like you have you have a quarterback now on your second power play, and you immediately are like, okay, I don't I don't hate the second power play, right? Like last year we got closer to that, and this year I think because you have a ghost bear on the back end. 
I think you can be that much more confident. By the way, Mike, I don't know if you guys, your, I don't know if you guys noticed. Uh, I, I don't mind your line combinations. I'm excited to see the next slides where you kind of juggle the, the plates a little bit. But uh, Matt is definitely cooking the books here because I see a couple defensemen named uh, Edmondson and Johansson. Uh, there's some pretty <laughs> noticeable omissions making about $5 million. <laughs> I forgot I did that. Who <laughs> <laughs> somehow didn't make the active roster. Um. Well, yeah, we, we did skip over that fourth line, but I, I, I did want to throw in there this this bottom six for the forwards. Yeah. It's solid. Uh, but yeah, I did throw in Simon and Albert, but what you have to think they're two projected standing points, 97. And mm. you get zero from those two because they're not technically in the league yet. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you get no negatives. I see what you did, Matt. You cheater. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jared Ghost is a solid PP quarterback. Yeah, guys, get your uh, ghost emoji and your bear emoji ready, by the way, for uh, for the start of the season if you're not used to that. Who, fr who first brought him up? Was it Dan B? Um, yeah, it was Dan B. How did I know it was Dan B? And it was Dan B. Um, yeah, if, like, if somehow like the DeBrinket thing fell through, that was the move I was going to actually be most excited about. I I'm really pumped to see him play on the power play. Uh, Chirac can be the doorman on the bench. Another Dan B classic here. <laughs> uh, Blake, throw it in there. Put cop at right wing on the first line. Drop Perron. Um, all right. Well, moving on, Blake. Thanks. <laughs> Blake, you're, you're picking my one man on this team that I had the biggest bugaboo with. All right. Here's the second go at it. Ooh. Mike, a playoff team does not have David Perron on their first line. So let's see what happens with Michael Rasmussen. All right, to bring it, I think it was Brad Galley that was asking in the press conference and was trying to lean into like his scrappiness. And to it was like, that's not a part of my game, <laughs> which is so funny. Um, which so is weird, add... right? It's it's weird, right? Because hasn't he had like a hundred hits a season, like three years in a row? Well, I think I think it's funny to say like he's got to fight for the puck because guys are going to go after him because of his size. And he absolutely agreed. Like, yes, I do fight for the puck, but I, I kind of still agree that he's going to need some help on the first line because you don't want to say that to is the scrappy guy. He's going to add to it. Right. But you need somebody that's going to actually be that presence on the first line. And David Perron can be that, but I like Perron even better getting served up some sauce from Lucas Raymond on the second line and Rasmussen coming in there with that strong, strong, you know, it's strong full season. And of course, once he was uh, injured last year, the team just fell apart. So let's see what he looks like on the first line. I'm putting Rasmussen on my first line with Dylan Larkin and Alex to bring it and seeing what can happen. Let's do it. That's, no changes uh, on the defense. I know there's a couple more iterations of <laughs> yeah, this uh, we do have a Red, Wing, Red Wing lineup boggle uh, still to be played, but I uh, I really like that Rasmussen on the first line. Um, just to, as far as like evening out like our you know our our beef um, with Rass and then uh, little fella in the kitty cat. Um, it definitely feels like a classic like pro wrestling tag team uh, where you got the big guy. And you got you know the Enzo Amore um, as Alex DeBrinket, so I'm 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 pretty pretty excited about this this uh, this potential here. 
Now, Blake, I want to call out because he he did so he's calling something out here that I noticed was a big issue with uh, Debrinket and Peron and Lucas Raymond across all of our favorite websites. He says Debrinket plays left wing. Now, Debrinket plays left wing and right wing. So so does David Peron, and so does apparently Lucas Raymond. Just they're they're all, they're all over the place, um, and people have been calling for you know, different lineups that would have any of these right wingers and left wingers playing with the Brinket. Uh, it's just all over the place, but we do feature both sides in these uh, just to be fair, Blake, only because we have seen so many things online and the has played on both sides. Uh, so that's, that's where that's coming from, but uh, it's, it's a good call out Blake. And then he said, but he doesn't, but it, he has. Um, <laughs> so, Silly. So moving forward, uh, here's our third iteration. Lucas makes it. He's on. He's on the left wing. And just for you, just so you know, Blake, I think we have another version of this where. Oh nope, those are my Nylander versions. Whoopsies. All right, there is another version of this where Lucas is on the right wing. Debrinket's on the left. Um, and then we're trying to figure out what are we doing down the line, right? Uh, Peron and Bergeron maybe creating some offense on the second line question. Um, yeah. let me, can you go back one slide? Yes, sir. Oh, you only showed us two. I thought you showed us three. Cause I was just going to ask. That was the uh, first one. This is the second. This is the third. So we've done Peron on the first line, Rasmussen on the first line, Raymond on the first line. So my only my beef with this one is uh, Rass is on the third line. I I would just be kind of surprised if that was the case. I feel like he's uh, went in the hearts of management and coaching, and I think even us fans are starting to understand. Wow, this guy's like an, an integral pillar of this team, and we collapse if he dares to miss a single game now. So it feels like any any iteration of the lineup boggle would have him at least on the second line. He just seems that important. So I'm not against sure. it, but did you get to kind of muck around with these a little bit more? And this is just kind of how it fell through with Bergeron on the second line. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's there's so many different things we could do here. None of this is is in stone. Um, because there's there's more fun to be had, right? Like I kind of hinted at on accident there on the yeah. Next I know slide. there's a I know there's a wild one coming, Matt, which may be not so wild when we get to it. Right. <laughs> but uh, kind of the point I, I was going to come to, you know, Lucas and Debrinket playing on the first line um, seems like it just can't happen, right? Like, can you ask Dylan Larkin to sort of protect both of these boys? I, I don't he, think would so, Would that be right? a 5'7 guy and a 5'9 guy on the wings? Oh, man, that's a great question. But yeah, Lucas, Lucas is not a big man, and you're not asking him. Like, they're both... You would watch both of their games, and you could see that Lucas plays hard on the boards. But you don't put him out there to do that. Wow, Lucas I didn't know Lucas difference. was 5'11". So it's just a Brinkett who's 5'7". For some reason, I thought Lucas was... Uh, uh, he's still... Yeah, I mean, he's... It's not a huge guy. 5'11 is not... He's a buck 70. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> now, Dan B throws out there, 97 points projected. I'll take that. I, I would... 
<sighs> I kind of wanted to cut that out, Dan. I, I kind of wanted to play the eyeball test here because we're still, can we all agree, right? Like we're looking at this and we're like, all right, that's not, that's not your Stanley Cup champion, right? Do we all agree? Uh, yeah, right. You know, there's room for improvement. Yeah. Blake says cops great on the boards. You could put them on the wing. I know Blake, but uh, <laughs> God damn it. All right, let's say we'll we'll get into this conversation, but Blake, probably uh, your call out works better, and we'll we'll take a look at uh, so some of the boys coming down the line. And that's... the other thing too to keep in mind was last year's number eight seed in our conference was ninety two points. I think the year before it was more than that; it was like a hundred points. So, uh, but if we're going off last year, um, ninety two. So ninety seven. Ooh, you would have been jockeying with the Tampa Bay Lightning for that, uh, like, kind of in that right four, you know, five, six seed there. I just, I can't. Uh, Eyeball test, I can't. This is not 97 points. Like, there'd have to be some major. So, what this is is saying is we had all those games where, like, Verona and Bertuzzi, you know, oh, maybe they'll play, and they were injured the whole time. So, instead of having a void or a, you know, less than replacement level goal scorer, this is a full season of a guy who has already proven he's, you know, could score 40 goals in a season, not a guy who, if only. Uh, Curtis throws out there, is Reimer really going to be the main backup after what Lyon did last year? I absolutely would love to have a uh, line in there instead of Reimer. I just uh, never even thought to look at the goaltenders. <laughs> I, I thought the more interesting conversation was the the forwards and defense, but Curtis, you, that is the correct call out. Uh, everybody just use your imagination there. Just cross out James Reimer, put in lion for all let's, of these different lines we've taken a peek at. Well, so, let's do this. We're at 32 minutes. Um, we got to oh, do yeah. the, we got to do a little bit of business, but when we come back, Matt has a, a really fun uh, roster change <laughs> around the corner that I think we could put a little more time into. Around the idea that maybe I... Maybe one more off-season acquisition. Maybe right, one there's, more. there's room yeah. for one more. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Food Hill Casino Resort in Kansas and West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling Call Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10 plus leg required for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.com. Draft sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Well, here, we'll, we'll load this up one more way, but... Um... <laughs> Real quick, Derek Hand saying, apparently I can't skip past the ads when I'm watching live. 
Uh, unfortunately <laughs> true, Derek. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Now, this was Max Boltman's take. Maybe I can make this a little bit bigger. Um, this is what he kind of looked at, and he said, you know what, this is this is a 92-point team. Uh, Perron, Larkin, Debrinket on right wing <clears throat> on the first line. Rasmussen, Cop, <laughs> Lucas Raymond on his second line. Fabry, Comfort, Christian Fisher on his Ooh, third line. Fisher on the third line. That seems a little high. I know. Uh, Berger and Valeno sprung on his fourth line. Now, you could almost, like, looking at this, that's my third line. <laughs> and that's my fourth line. Oh, you know what? No, I don't want Comfort on the fourth line. Oh, my God. All right. Well, now, yeah, just flip the wingers. That's all I meant to do. I'm not even Let's paying do that. But anyway, either way, uh, what Boltman was was thrown out there. Oh, uh, not that they were a 92-point team in reference to uh, the Florida Panthers this past season, but saying that he saw like the high 80s no problem so like this is what this is what boltman put together and he said that that's his conclusion so what do we do mike yeah to get a little bit better well we could do what blake wants we're gonna move to bring it over to left wing mike we're gonna trade with the toronto maple leafs and bring in william nylander and now we're a hundred point team Woo! we did it wow we made uh... it and your and Perron safely drops down to the third line. Just you gotta love it. You get a speedy Swedish line on the second line with Berger and Lucas Raymond playing together. Comfort's gonna center that line. Your third line is Michael Rasmussen, Cop, and Perron. You're just gonna absolutely destroy on that third line. And then the fourth line is, you know, whatever. Fabry, Valeno, Sprung. Uh Sprung, think about that. Sprung can inch up to those 20 goals and try to add that on the fourth line. Um, if that third line is your banger line and you've got the ability to move the puck on the second line and then grip it and rip it on the, the first line. Wow. Oh, God damn That'd be fun. Wow. I would not miss a second of red wing hockey the entire season. If this was the case um, and sprung, it'd be so funny. He'd basically be in a, the same role he was with the Kraken when he was on the team with a lot of depth. Um, but before we get too far, there was one comment I wanted to throw in here from Decoy. Decoy, welcome. Debrinket being the biggest acquisition since Buff Backwell joined the NWO. Which is kind of a tongue-in-cheek, backhanded uh, compliment there. But it made me laugh, so I wanted to make sure I read it. And then Jared taking a break from his usual comedy routine and saying a 17-point improvement not outside the realm of possibility. If the team hadn't sold the deadline, Rats going down. They could have finished around 90 points. And Jared? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Curtis thrown out there. Hit like if you haven't yet. Thanks, Curtis. Love you, man. Ketzel, he's aboard. He's letting us know he just came. <clears throat> no? Take, that, take no, Ketzel? that didn't do anything yeah. for you? All right, never mind. Um, <laughs> Jared threw out there later, uh, making the Kneelander acquisition. Yeah, four-point improvement for a $10 million contract. Blake, no thanks uh jared plus the amount of picks and prospect no jared look it i got rid of cop i traded cop and now soderblom's on my third line he's centering the third line wow he's never done that before i switched the card so i i I kind of played the game here that you know we had to get rid of something and you know i I, an andrew cop is really the type of player that the toronto maple leafs are are value for value in that move Mm -hmm. oh one for one honestly you know in toronto uh they actually retained 
I don't know if you know this, you guys. They they retained oh, half. Oh, that was yeah, that was nice of them. Um, <laughs> very realistic. Uh, Blake, get Hall off that second pair. So the reason that we want like to bring up Nylander, right, yeah. is the Red Wings do have extra picks, and the Toronto Maple Leafs do have a fucked up cap sheet, and they are currently about eight million over um, the threshold, and we're about. Eight million under, so I feel like we could kind of, you know, booger for booger. You know, let's uh, see if we can, uh, you know, make a move to even those numbers out a little bit. Yeah. Um. So I mean, they need a trade partner. You know, kind of help balance the books. We got space. We got cap flexibility. We can add a long-term deal. You know, can be a little bit of an expensive player. Um. Yeah, and I mean, we got the we got the. Do I dare say excess excess of prospects to potentially deal? I, I don't I don't I don't know if Nylander is necessarily you know the end all be all, but as far as a guy who is very good, who is going to be very available, um, you know, based on what Toronto must do before the season starts, uh, I mean, they could definitely give Steve a call. Yeah, you're not you're not wrong. Um... Look, and as as much as you guys are excited for Bushelnikov to come aboard, like I I've been looking around. Like I, I if if there's a team that's struggling, you might want to you might want to jump on that and just not take the chance on Bushelnikov. Like we could sit there and go, oh, this is drafted by the Red Wings and he looks really good and wow, he's gonna be a perfect player because he's in our system. Um I sure, mean, fine, inner, whatever. We can know, play inner, that game. Inner division trades are weird, but you know, we made one on Sunday, right? Right. That that's the other thing too. I I I'm not saying it has to be William Nylander, but I am saying there this is the type of thing that needs to get added to this roster for us to really get excited. But we did make that first great move. Now, I I mean I how much more do we add to that piece of the conversation? Right? Uh like we need that we need that extra piece. This is the lineup we could come up with if we could put it together. And of course, this isn't perfect either. Now, even while I was looking at it. So I, I made this this morning while I was at a meeting at work. <laughs> but um, there, there's there's definitely, I probably put Rasmussen up on the second line there. Bring Bergeron down to the third line and have Bergeron, Soderblom, and Perron playing together. We've almost got uh, two kids and a goat there getting built again. Um and of course, Marco Casper has got to fill in there somewhere is where I was I was kind of starting to go with this. So we have all of this potential um, that could help fuel this to the next level. And um, I think this is a lot of depth to start building with. And you set yourself up right now with the amount of guys you have on this team that could center your top nine. Like Marco Casper, I'd be looking over my shoulder. Um, and I don't hate the kid, but Iserman is now showing that he will pull the trigger to bring in talent. Now to bring in proven goal scoring. Oh boy. I, I was starting to think at first, like, Oh gosh, we got a center. 
We had some other routes who wanted to go. We got a Nate Danielson who's being, you know, the first thing that comes out of everybody's mouth is, yes, he'll be ready faster. He's a better two-way center than some of the other guys that we were kind of crossing our fingers for. I'm still sad about Dalibor. But moving on. Well, but yeah, that puts I mean, us no. in this realm of of maybe maybe guys that can fill similar roles in Danielson and Casper do it different ways, but neither one of them is going to be asked to be centering a top line based on the projection. I mean, I don't know. Um, there, we don't have the most cap space, but gosh, are, are we, uh, we're just in a really good spot. I mean, like the ducks still have like 29 mil, um, the Blackhawks, which I grind my molars because I know they're going to start. Hey, we got Bedard. Let's, let's fucking go. And they're going to just start trying to pick guys up. Um, and they, they have like twice the cap space that we do at 17, nine. Um, but as far as teams to kind of keep an eye out for that have pretty good players, man, Toronto is in a fascinating spot because if the guys are finally like, you know what, this is the Detroit lions. They're cursed. I'm out. Um, basically anybody worth a damn on their team is either a free agent next year or the year after that. So, I mean, if they want to start stockpiling to get, you know, draft picks and or prospects that they can control for a while, woo, we can really make that happen. But you can also look at, you know, Vancouver, Tampa, Montreal, and then a few other teams over like Pittsburgh, uh, Vegas, but you know, they're only over by like a mil or two mil. Um, and then the Kings and Colorado. Yeah. And the uh, the Canucks too their situation just gets worse like moving into next season where uh they're gonna have to start paying Elias Pettersson a little bit more as uh you know if you go back a couple years to our conversation of trying to pick him up uh that's you know that's dead and gone but Vancouver's situation does get a little more dire from the cap perspective although you know what they do get to drop Tyler Myers hmm I don't know but then they got to pay Philip Aronic too and in the video game they ended up paying him 10 million dollars so you guys no. <laughs> oh i mean yeah there there's some options out there there's some teams that are going to need some help um and then there's teams that are going to just absolutely blow it as the season goes on um but this is kind of where i don't know where you guys want to take that conversation are you going to be okay say goodbye to elmer soderblom mike well, that's that's my guy i i you know i could lose casper even though he's probably going to end up being a better player. I just love Elmer. I just love that he's gigantic. And I feel like somehow we got to make that work and that he could be some incredible defensive forward uh, with his, you know, 20 foot wingspan when he's throwing a hockey stick. Um, but I mean, that's going to be the next discussion, right? Cause when uh, in the press conferences, Steve was, you know, asked, you know, are you done? He said, well, you know, if a great player becomes available, you know, we'd probably talk about that. But for now, for the most part, we're probably done. So what he was getting at is I'm probably done, you know, picking up peripheral guys at this juncture. You know, we're looking for a star to become available. Um, that's how that's how I interpreted that. And knowing, again, that we do have this abundance of young guys. Um I don't know if we're still trying to win an AHL title, Matt. I hope that's not the case. So I don't mind moving these yeah. dudes. Uh, we do have the extra picks. And as we've talked ad nauseum, um, once you start winning more games, the picks have less value because they're further and further into the first round. They're further and further into the second round. Um, 
So yeah, man, I think our next game is going to end up being which one of these guys are absolute must-keeps. And does that exist if you're trading for, you know, the best and brightest? Because you usually you do, guys... have to, you do have to give something up to get something. What if it what if it was what if you had to give up Marco Casper and like Albert Johansson and a first round pick, but then you get you get Clayton Keller from from Arizona. Um... So let's I mean just talk, you know, this is a guy who plays for the Arizona Coyotes, but is still able to get close to 40 goals last season, 86 points total. 49 assists. Maybe another draft pick has to get mixed in there. But that's that's a team you're, you know, Arizona Coyotes can't afford to just hang on to Clayton Keller forever. Like what 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 choice? But if Keller wants to get out of there, that's where that conversation starts, but um man, uh I I'm I'm kind of so, I the conversation is like that gotten, move, but I feel like we'd have to be like they have tons of cap space still, so they could afford to give him whatever the hell he wants. Um, I mean, do you really think they're on the cusp of getting rid of somebody like that? It's the Coyotes, and if, if they, <laughs> it's just if poor these guys are frustrated enough, yeah, that they'll they're gonna make that request. I want out of here. This is gonna be hell for how many years? I mean, look at if you go to the cap friendly page, like how many draft picks the Coyotes have. Like they're loading up to like reset, right? So let's help them start resetting right now. We'll give them some. We'll give them some of our prospects. Uh, okay, wish... you know what? We'll give them Andrew Cop too and Ben Sherat. They've got to uh, hit the cap floor. Matt, you're almost too generous, I think, with these offers. Um, <laughs> no, but I, you know, I, I, I gave them some quality stuff. I mean, dang. I, can we revisit like Pedersen in Vancouver since he's going to be a restricted free agent? No, ex Blackhawks. What are you talking about? We got we got tons of those. We got Alex to bring it. We got so many. We got to trade them for other ones. <laughs> um. Oh, you know what? There was one other guy I was gonna throw in there. I think Jared actually dropped him in there. Um. Mike, how about this one from Performance Art? Go. Oh. Performance Art that would make me squeal with glee, and Matt would. He'd probably have to eat soft food from all the molar grinding he'd be doing from seeing Patrick Kane um, in a Red Wing uniform. <laughs> well, I mean, take away all of the evilness that is Patrick Kane and Danby doing a throw up emoji. You put Patrick Kane and Debrinket on the same line again, <laughs> trying to ignite the 40 goal scorer once again. I mean, it kind of makes sense, <laughs> you know. It's it's not the worst thing in the world, um, from a hockey perspective. Now, from a will I still be able to stomach the Red Wings? Maybe after a couple of drinks, but for sure, not. I won't be sober and enjoying seeing Patrick Kane skate around in a Red Wings jersey. Um, Blake thrown out there. No more free agents. That's right, Blake. Steve Eiserman gets crushed in those free agent <laughs> negotiations. Um, I thought we had performance one. art. Dan B will be dancing once he sees Kane's passes. Oh, 
I got to tell you, performance art. Mike was right. I I don't think I could stomach it. I I can't do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep trading away our prospects for Clayton Keller. <laughs> How many prospects do I need to give up? Damn it. Um, um I thought we had one more kind of cool name out there. Um, well, Jared was throwing out there, Kyle Connor. Um, no, it was, uh, Tiras- was on that goal list. Tarasenko. Oh, as a free agent. Yeah, he's out there. Uh, Jared called that out too. Cause uh, I wanted to bring that up at the beginning of the episode. Cause Jared and I were on the same wavelength. Um, but Jared threw out there, uh, just the, the sneaky pickup, like this whole thing about getting to bring it out of Ottawa was so Ottawa could pick up Tarasenko and that deal could get done. But then if Steve just turned around inside Tarasenko a couple days later, oh my God, would that be beautiful? Um, yeah, that, that, that would be fun on like a one year go, right? Like that's not, that's not going to screw you up. You got a ton of flexibility. I, I, I might, uh, I might think about it. I don't know. I, uh, cause I was pretty convinced we weren't going to get to it. So I was talking myself into Tarasenko and being like, oh, maybe I'll turn the clock back. And, you know, we've had pretty good success with guys who wore St. Louis jerseys for a little while. Um, yep. Well, there you go. Here's Jared in the comments <laughs> right away. Yeah, like, Jared. See you right there, bud. <laughs> oh, performance art. Oh, my God. Going in the DeLorean for this one. Sign Mantha once he's bought out for a million. <laughs> Let him live on the third and fourth line. Scores 15 a year. Woo! Um, I mean, I don't hate that, to be honest. But, I mean, it's something to think about, right? Bring Mantha back. You got one of Larkin's buddies back. Raise the morale just a little bit. Just a little bit. But, yeah, at the right price. Give him a sniff. Dan B has it though. This is Mantha will be snapped up by Montreal <laughs> for sure. Um, um, did uh, Kane look. already have his surgery? I don't know, but uh, he said he's he's going to wait to sign in November. I think was what Elliot Friedman reported. Mm. Okay. So are you trying to figure out like how is he? How are we getting this to work out? I no, I really I'm not dying to have him. If I had the choice, and even though it would make me squeal with glee to see you so angry over the, the move, I would probably still have Tarasenko. <laughs> well, happy to hear that. Um <laughs> I don't think either one's gonna happen. I think they're they're gonna go look for their uh for sure cup. And I think that's where Patrick Kane was like, I'll let's let's wait. Let's let's get through half the season. I want I want to be able well, to figure out what the right choices if here. He's, if he's smart, what he's doing is waiting for uh, some injuries to pile up in Tampa Bay, so he can sign there for you know half of a million dollars and then be part of their next Cup run uh, when they shrewdly manage the cap um, to their benefit come playoff time again. Uh, Blake wants to know: Aren't we happy? Uh, Tampa didn't grab up Zadina. <laughs> Um, sure. No, kind of indifferent. I just, I, I appreciate Zadina making San Jose, the, making our uh, Jose, San Jose. Yeah, right? he's a shark. No, I appreciate him making our cap sheet a little bit cleaner. 
um, just saying, nope, just outright release me. I will forfeit all my money for the next two years. So I don't hold any grudge against him. That was very nice of him. I mean, yeah, and, and then he took a pay cut, you know, to go play with the Sharks. Um, what was it? He was, like, close to two, and now he's at 1.1. 1. 1. Um, kind of kind of weird from Sedina's perspective, but... Um... Oh, Jim Johnson, um, by the way, throwing in any thoughts on a trade for Konechny? Yeah, we did talk about Konechny, and I made the comment, like, I definitely wanted to bring it over Konechny. Like, I wouldn't be as excited about the Konechny trade. But I did have that thought this week. And when I was making the choice to kind of talk about adding to the top six, and I just for funsies threw a Nylander, because I know that's who Mike wants to talk about, Konechny's not a terrible option. No. I, At this know, point, it, just, it makes more sense. I just wouldn't be super geeky, I guess. <clears throat> I'd be like, oh, that's kind of, that's that's neat. I, I really want to pillage um you know a big 80 point dude from toronto that's what i want well i, I don't know what what does connecting's contract look like i'm pulling him up right now uh, he's at ooh, flyers are in a little trouble too he's at five and a half so he's got a very reasonable contract I swear i can't five and a half you got this year oh, right and, then, and then next year Two years, five and a half per. And here's here's what you're looking at so far. Uh, 31 goals last year, um, 16 the year before, playing uh, 79 games. It was 31. It was it was a half goal a game last year for Philly, and they were goals like moving, like goals on the break, moving fast, whipping them past the goalie. It's fun to watch. Shooting percentage was. A little bit higher than you than you'd like. So the season, you know, looked a little better, a little bit better than I think. And we've seen him at seventy nine games and only getting sixteen goals, and seen him at fifty games getting eleven goals. But thirty one goals, what he got last year? It doesn't it doesn't hurt to try and play the game? Like, are we trending up? Um, I know one of our buddies, Anthony, on on Twitter, got very angry and said, "I'm wrong about Konechny." But I, I still say it's not it's not the DeBrinket pickup because you're talking about a 40 goal scorer and a guy who did it. Um, Jay Fresh made the comments too. I don't know if you saw that on Twitter, but um, you know a lot a lot gets attributed to Patrick Kane. But Jay Fresh pulled the stats. I would go check it out. But he you know and he's a smarter guy than us. But he said according to the analytics, it's it's actually not the difference that we all think it was and. DeBrinket was able to make the difference as a goal scorer uh, on his own a lot of the time. So it was maybe, you know, and maybe that's unfair to sort of paint that with a broad brush because you never know what the existence of another guy on the ice um, could mean. But there's something to that. Uh, DeBrinket has that same sort of ability that we saw with Verano where it's just like, all right, puck in the back of the net. Here we go. Boop. So, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I did just want to throw out there too that uh, you know Tarasenko getting up there, but he still had 69 games last year. No, nice. And he scored 50 points, still solid. Um, year before that, he played 75 games. It was a 30 goal season for him. So he, he actually finished with 82 points. Um, and then just a couple of years before that, he was you know kind of nursing some boo boos. Um, you know, 14 points in 24 games, um, 10 and 10. Ooh. 
Um, but before that, he did have, you know, a couple back-to-back 30-goal seasons um, in 18 and 19. So, you keep him healthy, you're still getting a pretty pretty goddamn, you know, productive guy. Um, so, if you're doing a short-term, you know, one of this, a Steve Eiserman special, a real short-term commitment for Tarasenko, I'd be, that'd be uh, pretty sweet on your second or third line. Um, I, I wouldn't complain about that at all. Um. I'm going through like every team on cap friendly right now. Just just a quick comment. I I don't know how Minnesota wins a fucking game. Oh my god. What team? <laughs> Minnesota. Um oh. I'm really worried that we're built very similar right now to Minnesota and that's always been our biggest fear. Um and we still don't have like the game breaking goal scorer in like our prospect list. <laughs> kind of similar to Minnesota. Um okay. Mike we're just talking in circles now. We're circling the drain. I think it's time we remind everybody this is a good episode. This was fun to talk about, but it is going to be our last conversation at least for a couple weeks here. Um, so I have some vacations coming up. So we're going to miss you guys. Um, go Red Wings. And um, I don't know, unless something huge happens, I think... Uh, if we I trade for a, a Toronto for a little bit, Maple yeah. Leaf, um, I think we might have to do an emergency pod, man. What if it's Tavares? I guess that's I will, still major. I will, we will hold a very confused episode, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we can still look into that. All right. Um, and real you guys, quick, decoy saying, don't let your fears run wild. Oh, God. That's sort of wild jab. They are. Scared. And Jim Johnson throwing a Tarasenko on a multi-year contract worth close to six. Woo! That's why he's still a free agent, brother. Nobody's offering that right now. Woof. Well, Ottawa apparently is looking at it. Ugh. Poor Ottawa. I There's nothing I want more actually going into this next season than Ottawa to just fumble it right out of the gate. Start last in the division. Just have everybody questioning Pierre Dorian from top to bottom. Oh, they'll never God, be that, that bad because so they still have my hero Tim Stutzer. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys coming aboard. Uh, if you hit that like button real quick, that'll make me happy. Subscribe so you guys will know when we're back at it. Uh, we're not going to be gone till training camp, but um, yeah, like I said, at least a couple weeks here, and then uh, then we'll get back at it once there's some some news to talk about, and uh, we could start. Uh, pre-gaming for how how deep this team's gonna go all right thanks for tuning in guys we'll miss you see you bye bye